Howdy, and welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get it. We are back on schedule. We're well, we're trying. I tell you what, we're trying to be on schedule, and uh, uh, and I'll try and sound a little bit more lively. I was. Uh, I think we were all kind of in a funk about the news last week, but um, yeah. But yeah, no, we're trying to get back on uh, on a schedule, in theory. Yeah, you know, at least a little bit of a schedule. I know for me, um, you know, my weeks pretty much run pretty standard nowadays. I'm here Monday through Wednesday at minimum, except for this week. I'm heading out to San Antonio uh, for a show. We're playing at Thirsty Horse Saloon at 11.30 at night on a Wednesday. Well, <laughs> I, well, I mean, you never know. You never know You know how, how well the, the bars... Um, yeah, you know, promoted the the gig, and and I can't tell you the last Wednesday night I spent anywhere near San Antonio. Oh sure, I can understand that. It's a big city. I'm sure it's got a lively night scene. Oh people, yeah, people are. You know, everything's still open up down here, and you know people are. For now. Yeah. Well. <laughs> whatever. We won't get into it, but yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, yeah. No. So today's kind of agenda. Uh, we wanted to touch on just a quick. Olympic updates, see what was uh, new and happening, and then... Oh, we got a question about the Olympics. We did. Yeah, so so we'll address that kind of part of our... We're not going to do, like, an Olympic rundown. Um, I mean, if you haven't seen a bunch of the Olympics at this point, it's probably because you don't want to, because they are everywhere, all over the NBC networks, USA, uh, you know, if you pay for Peacock, um, uh, you know, it's all over that, so... I mean, if you really wanted to, you could have watched almost all of the Olympics at this point. Um, but there have been some fun storylines, and... Uh, uh, like the Philippines winning their first gold medal. Uh, that was in women's powerlifting. That's uh, good for them. That, yeah, that was, I've, oddly enough, I had it on TV. I was I was working uh, on the laptop, but I was just working there in the living room. And, uh, uh, you know, the story from last night from swimming. And, and you know, swimming is always, yeah, for us, for the, for the U.S., it's always a good sport for us. And it's been really fun watching all the new blood come around. Right. Uh, Jacoby, what, she's still in high school. Yeah. Uh, you know, from Alaska, where they only have one 50-meter Olympic pool in the entire state. And she smoked them. Yeah, that was a phenomenal race. Uh, yeah, it's fun for her because you feel like, you know, when you're 17 years old and you're actually planning on going to college, you know, you're not just planning to try and go straight pro. Right. That you probably have a lot of development to go. So it'll be interesting uh, and fun to watch her career. Unfortunately, she's going to Texas, but... Um, hey, but but we, Texas they, swimming is no joke. You know, no, that's, that's why they that's why they get recruits like that. Let's face it, you know, you can't all be perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, softball. Uh, oh, in softball, um, uh, one silver. Uh, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate that they weren't able to, to win gold. But um, I tell you what, if, if you watch the Cat Osterman uh, interview afterwards, it was it was heart wrenching because she knows it's her last one. But um, right. But she's. I mean, gosh, she's not much younger than I am. Uh, right. You know, she's still competing at the Olympic level, which is just unbelievable when you think about really just about any sport that requires intense physical training and, you know, an ability to be able to still do it, uh, you know, when you're up in your you know, upper 30s. Right. And, you know, I mean, to be able to continue to compete at that level and be, yeah, and be effective is a big deal. And yeah, so make the Olympics. And, yeah, so that was uh, – uh, uh, so that was this morning, and then you know, women's soccer is still diddling around. Um, yeah, they uh, so were able to pull out the draw. Well, yeah, so they're they're not going to be able to diddle around anymore because come Thursday, it's put it up or go home. Pretty much. So they can oh. play the Netherlands, and it's uh, you win or you go home because it's quarterfinals. Right, and it's a big day for U.S. soccer on Thursday for two reasons. One, right. you, you've got that going on, and then in the men's, they're playing Gold Cup. 
yeah. against uh, Cutter, which is really interesting if you don't follow along. Gold Cup is basically CONCACAF's little fun tournament they like to do that gets you qualifications. It's it's important to win those if you can. Uh, with Gold Cup, uh, they have Cutter playing in it this year, and Cutter's not a Latin American country. Right, well, every year they invite one country from outside of Latin America to right. play. So, I don't know... Why specifically it was them? Um, I also probably because World Cup coming. Well, up I still don't. Well, I still don't know why they were ever even allowed to host the World Cup. But we could probably go on for a half hour about oh that. Oh my god, that could be um, a podcast but, all uh, by itself. But but across but across the board, Olympics. I, I think they've been fun to watch. Um, sure. And uh, we're we're one behind on total goals, but uh, golds gold medals. But uh, you know we've got the most uh, most medals uh, as anybody else, and that's. Right. Not uncommon in the Summer Olympics for us. No, I mean, you typically see, and it's kind of shaken out per usual, USA is up 25 on everybody else, total goal, uh, total uh, medals. China comes in second, and then Japan, host nations, currently in third. Um, and then followed by the uh, the Russian Olympic athletes, yeah. you know, since they're not officially yeah. in Russia. I, I, I don't exactly understand why they were allowed to, to compete at all, but, um, but, you know, whatever. I don't make those decisions. Um yeah. It was, and we're uh, you know we're also recording this podcast within you know a handful of hours from uh, what occurred this morning with Simone Biles having to pull out of uh, gymnastics. So that's been a complete whirlwind on and shitstorm really on Twitter, yeah, it's and social media and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm not gonna address any of it. I, sure, I just um, I'll, I, my first alert was that she pulled out from injury, and then that's I got an I alert saw. that that it was uh, it was mental health, and I mean I I, just, I don't have a problem with it. Um, yeah, it's that I'm not going to go any further to it. I mean, we, we, we talk about, you know, the importance of, of these professional athletes being able to talk more openly and deal with their, their mental health. Um, right. So it, it's hard to watch a bunch of people that, that do that. And then either all either start trying to like straw man argument kind of crap or, right. you know, what if, what if, what if, and, and it's, I, we're either going to promote you know, people taking care of their of their mental health, and we're not. And and I understand that that uh, I understand I understand part of the argument where it's like you know we're just people are just getting too soft these days. And I don't. I think to an extent, boy, I don't I don't know how to frame this in a, in a short in a short amount of time. I think to an extent we've gotten too soft in the sense that um, we're we're too easily offended as people, and we have found ways to quit on things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, by using excuses that aren't applicable. And the worst part is, is when you use those excuses and they're not applicable, it downgrades when the people that actually have problems need to talk, like, need to use those reasons. So, and this is, again, this is not anything that is completely separate than Simone Biles. Just in general, I think, um, I, I see it a lot, uh, I, man, gosh, you see it with veterans too. It's yeah. a lot of people claim a lot of things that they don't have and then it makes it harder for the people to do have those, you know, those things to, to, to deal with it. So that, that's a, you want to talk about a podcast, we could go on for a long time. It's what we like to call Roy's rant of the day, yeah, um, right. but it's, it's okay because, uh, no, I mean, like the whole Simone situation, it's not ideal, but at the end of the day, you look at what happened pre at the beginning of this whole cycle, she has been put on this pedestal that she was like the greatest of all time to ever do the sport. And you're expecting so much out of her in this situation. So I can understand the mental pressure Especially on the national, um, international stage. Yeah, so. yeah. For her, it's a global scale. Yeah, Especially absolutely. with gymnastics, it's not like you. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, not like there's a bunch of gymnastics leagues. So when right. they compete, they compete. 
uh, you know, some national and then like right. the worlds and stuff like that. So yeah. they really do compete on the global scale. Yeah. And stage so, already. and so I can't possibly blame her for that. And so it's, so I can't fathom no the pressure that she's under. Absolutely. So, not. um, so, I, but it's, it's unfortunate, but you know what? It was, it was awesome to see the, the other members on the team step up and, and still win the silver. They didn't, they didn't lose the gold. They won the silver. So, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, but I mean, if you haven't ever gone out and won a silver medal in the Olympics, then. I mean, you don't have to shut up, but maybe you should turn the volume down a little bit. Right. You know, like, I, I was laughing about it. Um, we're watching the Olympics in the in the, the skateboarding, and that 13-year-old one. Oh, yeah. And my daughter goes, she's 13? I was like, yeah. What are we doing with our lives? She's 13, and she's won a gold medal. What What yeah. have I accomplished? <laughs> Getting good for these kids, man. Well, it was like the kid that, I mean. I mean I'm awesome. Oh, yeah. And if you go back, I mean, just, you know, X Games a little while back, there was like, they were doing the half pipe. And Tony Hawk came out and you know, was just like, hey, I'm just going to dig around on the half pipe because you know, I'm 53 and I still can do more tricks than the rest of you. Yeah. But the kid that won it, I mean, the kid did a 1080. That was insane. I mean, the kid. This kid was 12. Yeah, kid. And how long did it take Tony Hawk to get there? Yeah. That's nuts. And, of course, Tony was like the first one to high-five him and give him a hug. And yeah. The kids, no, I mean, and he's from Brazil. They're you know? all rooting for each other. And it's oh, just, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's cool stuff. But, yeah, uh, it's good camaraderie. So, yeah, with that, um, I think we can definitely go into our question that we were asked in a bit. Oh, yeah. Or do we, or we want well, to let's do it right with now. the Olympics, and then we'll do the uh, – then we'll get back into realignment and stuff. Fair and, enough. Now, you know, with an extra week, and it's like we said in our last podcast, you know, just hold on a little bit and read and wait and get all the information. And right now we have more information, so I wanted to talk about it a right. little bit more. And we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but, yes, uh, but, yeah, our friend Laura, um, who we did – uh, you know, completely we, call out. Yeah, we did absolutely <laughs> gave her a big shout out, and if you've been following along with her Twitter, it's been a lot of fun. But uh, she did ask us, "What is your favorite like just non like Stream, when she yeah, non streamline? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, like non mainstream. Yeah, yeah, mainstream. Yeah, non streamline. Yeah. <laughs> non mainstream event in the Olympics. Right. Um, so we'll go ahead and let you go first. So what, what's kind of your favorite? We could do we could do summer and winter. Um, oh God, I have to think so, about winter. Yeah. Uh, go for but it. gosh, for, you know, for summer that's kind of tough. Uh, all of them seem, really, all the events I watch, I feel like they're kind of major. Oh, you know what? No, I, I know. Team Handball. Team Handball's I, interesting. I think Team Handball, I have played Team Handball before. It is one of the most exciting sports to play. It's a ton of fun. Um, it's like this weird mashup of basketball and hockey, and there's like some lacrosse feel to it. Sure. Um, but Team Handball is absolutely a ton of fun you know, on and, a basketball court and it's entertaining to watch Yeah, super high score they've got a crease you know kind of like hockey and right you know there's you have to pass and dribble but not as much as basketball and it's I, team handball is a ton of fun right. but i have been watching a lot of men's volleyball just because it's disturbing it's, how hard they strike the ball oh yeah and you know and to that same thing if we're going off of winter of uh, on summer goodness gracious not, we're not there yet we're not there yet so with the summer olympics i would say probably my favorite one in a very similar vein is water polo oh i do love and water see polo. water polo you gotta think the, the stamina for these oh, guys because you're having to swim with i mean you know, you're having to basically one arm it most of the time we got this ball in the air and then with power, put this thing into a goal. Well, yeah, the, their their ability to like elevate and thrust themselves out of the water with just their legs yeah. to get up to a to almost a platform to where they can deliver a strike is water polo is pretty cool. I oh, it's yeah. it's, it's a ton cool. of fun to watch. I love water polo. Yeah, so, winter for me is curling, but I don't know. If well, it's, same same here. So that, that makes it easy. <laughs> I feel like it's becoming mainstream just because it's like cultish. Well, it doesn't help that you had a team, a, you know, a U.S. team that ends up meddling and kicked yeah. ass last time, and on top of that, you're you know, one of the main characters is this 
more rotund individual with a mustache. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's how golf used to be. You look at it and you're like, well, if he can do it. <laughs> I mean, surely we can, right? Well, I, there is a curling center, and it's it's a, is it a certified curling center in Sugarland, Texas. Yes. So I have been trying to figure out when to get down there. Um, they they don't op- they don't update their website uh, very frequently, so it's hard to figure out what's going on. We need to make a phone call. Um, I, well, shoot. I, <laughs> well, this this weekend I'm going down. I'm staying at my folks' house Friday because right. on Saturday I go to my Army retirement brief at uh, Ellington Airfield, mm-hmm. and so I'll be down there. Maybe I'll just have to swing by Sugarland because you know Houston's so small. It's just a little, just a little. Out oh, of the way. itty bitty town. You yeah. know, I mean, the, literally a, a city that is the square footage of like I don't know Rhode Island That's what it feels like I mean pretty darn close well uh but yeah no I, I'm gonna check that out though I, I'm, I'm still fascinated by by curling I think I would have an absolute blast which is uh which is to say that I, I can't ice skate to save my life so hopefully gliding across the ice is easier otherwise curling's out for me too Unless unless they just let me only throw the stones, but I think you have to rotate. Right. Again, I know maybe like eighty five percent of the ninety percent of the rules, give or take. Yeah, so I started watching because yeah, they were having the curling championships this summer. Um, mm, they, oh yeah. Oh, and I, I follow U.S. Oh, curling on oh, Twitter. Yeah. It's a great follow. Oh, it's a great follow. <laughs> I was watching. I'm trying to remember which well, team it was. Well, I think it was, it was Scottish women's curling, is who I was. When they following. yell at each other. Oh man! So there was one of the girls. I, for the life of me, I can't remember her name, but I followed her on Twitter. She was really cool, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm gonna get myself invested in on this girl. She's really rock and rolling. So. Curling is groovy. Oh yeah, yeah, it's always funny to watch the different countries because you know what they're yelling, but it's in their language, so you get to hear just kind of their their different approach to screaming at each other. It's like, hey, do, do this. I'm do a this. big fan of that too. Um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of yelling at people. So maybe, I, maybe I like that. That's a great Olympic too. sport, just yelling at people. I like yelling and I like shuffleboard. So clearly, yeah. <laughs> curling was for me. Honorable mention, though, for going winter, absolutely love the bobs. I mean, I love uh, the bobsled. Oh, see, I don't think that's. I, I think that's mainstream, though. I, it is I, mainstream. I, but I think like skeleton and maybe luge is a little less. Luge. But I think bobsled is really mainstream. But I love bobsled. I mean, yeah. if we're just going off of winter sports. It's probably my favorite. Oh, speaking of yelling, here's another one I love to watch. Which hammer one? throwing. Sure. That speaking of yelling and events that I like, I love ha- watching hammer throwing. Okay. Just, and I'll tell you what, another thing where we're fortunate that that has all these extra streaming services and all this other stuff oh, pops yeah. up, and especially and just in the very here and now with the Olympics and NBC and their you know, uh, you know relationships with um, you know the Golf Channel and, and USA and all this other stuff. Right. I should be able to catch hammer throwing this year. Okay. Like instead of just watching the highlights because they never televise it. But right. I have Peacock. Like I, I have Peacock Premium because of Premier League, so I, right. like I've got it. It's only dude, it's six bucks a month, so like, yeah, not much. This is a no brainer. Yeah. Um, so I hope to watch a lot of hammer throwing. Well, that'd be good. I love hammer throwing. I don't know why I do either. So Olympics, exciting yes. times, all been fun. We'll uh, still got another week to go. Still got another week, and we'll we'll do an update next Tuesday whenever we get together. If it's Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so uh, since the last podcast, we've had a few additional developments in regards to our realignment story that's been yes. popping off. Um, I think prominently one of the more important aspects of this whole thing that has kind of thrown people off was. Uh, the way it's gone down in terms of the SEC commission and how they kind of went behind the backs of all the institutions to get this thing rolling. However, to me, that's exactly what happened with us. You know, know, I was, um, this was the one thing I was really thinking about um, uh, a little earlier. It's, it's kind of yes and no is how I look at it. Sure. Um, this was it. Just I mean, if if some if we had to leak it because we were mad, then obviously 
one, it's behind everybody's back because there's no there's no way that that many people can keep things quiet. That's just how life works. Mm-hmm. Loose lips sink ships. Um, <laughs> but uh, going behind the back, but also how far down the road it was. Sure. Um, and I think that's where it doesn't upset me. Uh, but this is where it's different. You know, for us, our our kind of courting of the SEC and, and vice versa. Um, it, it was, I mean, it, it wasn't an overnight thing, but people knew what was up. I mean, it was certainly something that was and had been continual since about 2010. Yeah, you people know. knew what was up, and that was when the Pac-16 deal fell through. Right. And when we said, hey, then we're going to go look at the SEC. And we got laughed you know, all over the place for that. Um, now look at us. <laughs> yeah, right. But, um, but, but I think ours is more out in the open. And I, and I sure. think that's probably where if, if you have any real right to be angry about it, I, I think that's certainly one of the points you can bring up mm. is the fact that I mean, this it just seemed a little too backroom, backdoor kind of garbage to me. Well, and, you know, I think – with the way the things have been developing and the language I'm seeing and the apparent, uh, the apparent additional courting that has been taking place with other schools, I think this is not so much the SEC going after Oklahoma and Texas despite A&M so much. Well, and I never think it was even that. I, was say, I don't it think was, it was ever that. It was that. never that. No, gosh, but, no. I mean, it, because that's how we're, that's well, how that's I think. think. <laughs> right. But for us, it was never so much spiting other members or, you know, even the fact that those two schools, whatever revenue they're going to add to the conference, so much as it is the SEC making a push against the NCAA. And moving in a completely different direction in the here in the near future. Right, and and the one thing that we always like to talk about being in the SEC is it's really, it's the best conference, right? And and it does everything's right, it treats our members right, and despite this little kind of backdoor arrangement stuff, the SEC is always looking out for itself as a conference. Always. And and I think I couldn't tell you uh, what kind of timeline I think it would occur, but I think at some point. And not in the super distant future. I'll see it before I die. That's for sure. I'll see it before I retire. Not mm-hmm. from the army. That's that'll right. Be too soon. But uh, you know, you're seeing that different sh- that shift in the landscape of college football to where you're going to end up with basically um, NFL light. It's pretty much going to be the minor leagues because the NCAA won't have any control over. But right. So it it becomes a developmental league. Which I got to be honest, man. I mean, we've got the NIL in place. Um, yeah, and, and there's no limit on that. There's none. Nope. And so, college football is going to be fundamentally different in the next five to ten years. And I and I, I hope I still like it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I mean, I, I hope I still like it because college football has been my favorite sport ever since I had a favorite sport. Well, and, and we're going to lose a lot of what made it great in terms of the amateurism of the sport, in terms of the regional. And, and let's face it, that's something that's always going to be a nostalgia bug for people: is the idea of the regional conference. Absolutely. You, you know, you look at old Southwest Conference, Big Eight. Um, what was the SEC? What was the ACC? Pac, Pac eight. Yeah, Pac eight. You know, uh, Big Ten. These were all conferences that were literally you and your neighboring states. You all beefed with each other, and then eventually took on somebody big and, outside of there. And you figured out that. And, and I don't. I couldn't tell you who did it first. Although if I were just a guess, I'd guess the SEC did it first, right? At least. It's, it's just one of those, because, I mean, we had conferences, but the juggernaut that the SEC put together with a conference championship game changed the entire landscape. Yep, in the 90s. Yep. Right. But before that, 
what it really was, and, and you have to think about what football was like before that. Like without right. conferences, I mean, we did you just call up ads on the phone. So the idea of conferences totally changed the landscape of college football, but it gave us the model that we have to where it's more of that regional kind of thing, and it and you like that, you know the. People in the big team, you know, people in the Midwest should play people in the Midwest, and people right. in California should play people in, you know, Oregon. West Coast, and, and, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and, you know, the Southwest Conference made sense all regionally, and it was, it, uh, it made sense, you know, the, um, yeah, you know, just regionally, you know, but it's, I'm scared about what this might do to it, but I don't want to get all the way down the line on, like, full-blown realignment college football, like, the future of it, because, again, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'll tell you, it, it is an absolute... It's a mystery. Yeah. And I don't want to lament about something that may not even end up being bad. So, so based right off that ex- exact statement, sure. can we address Aggies? Sure. Maybe we don't lament off of things that may not be bad. Right. Well, and that's exactly where my brain's at as far as this whole realignment. Me personally, as an Aggie, when the initial announcement came out that Texas and Oklahoma were planning on joining the conference... Of course, my reaction was almost ex- the exact same as Jimbo's, which is, <laughs> I bet they would. Uh, right? Yeah, no, because I, I don't think any of us knew whether or not it was just kind of one of those rumors that we're trying to get stuck to a wall. Or... Right, but we didn't know what, how much leg, you know, how, how much... down the road I mean, this thing Yeah, was. we didn't know what kind of legwork was put in on this, and apparently a lot more than we knew, which is fine. This was something that the SEC recognized as a money move, but also a power move to go and basically... Cut off the head of the Big 12. You, They were already limping. You you had a conference that, at the time when it formed in 96, when you had the Big 12, you had some powerful football teams. You had a Nebraska, who was just an absolute dominant force in the 80s and the 90s. You had Oklahoma, who was another dominant force in the 80s. Pulling just those two alone right. gave it a ton of steam. Right, and then you add four premier Texas schools, well, really two premier Texas schools, and then Texas Tech and um, Baylor, uh, which thanks to political movements here in Texas, those are the reason those two got even got in the conference in the first place. But, you know, at that... But it worked. But it worked, you know, because you got yourself a Baylor who kind of served as your Vanderbilt for many, many years as, hey, they're your perpetual stepping stone, that easy game that you need. Uh, and then you look at the North. You had Colorado, who was a national champion. Mm. You had, um, you know, like I said, Nebraska. You had Kansas State, who at the time, Bill Snyder, was rocking and rolling. Yeah. You know, Kansas, who Throwing wasn't. nine win seasons like it was nothing. Right. When you had Kansas, who wasn't hot garbage at the time. Oklahoma State, who was kind of finding their feet. And then you had Iowa State, who was always just kind of there. But you look at that conference, and of course, Missouri. You know, these were. The, the Big 12 was a good football conference and a great basketball conference yeah. for many, many, many years. And unfortunately, by adding the four teams down south uh, you will, and moving the headquarters to Dallas, you basically gave Texas all the strings they need to control this particular puppet. Yeah, well, I, the SIPs have managed to ruin a couple conferences now. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't... Look, you can go back and try and cite certain things, but you're going to be wrong, all right? Um, now, they're not ruining the SEC by any means. Um, I have a I, hard I, time believing. They, they don't have the power to do it. No, I have a hard um, time believing that they're going to have the same pull. No, yeah, I, I just I can't imagine there's any way that they would. And again, you, know, you touched on it. This isn't us adding Texas and Oklahoma because they're so great. This is Greg Sankey and the SEC getting out in front of what he believes are going to be 16-team 
conferences and power conferences. So you might as well go, you know, eye up your or, neighbors. Or maybe even bigger, as we've heard some reports saying. Right. You know, these aren't the only two teams that they were looking at when it came to expansion, and it wasn't just them or them. It was them. So this is, you know, we're going to end up with, you know, two or three 20-team mega conferences. You know, it's just it's, the direction of this is, again, like I said, I don't want to get super deep into it because sure. I, nobody knows where it's going to go. No. So Texas and Oklahoma are, are a good ad. Um, like we said, all the other programs for Texas are, are solid. Right. Um, OU. Uh, good softball. Gets, well, great softball. Yeah, gonna be great softball. Um, decent big, big, baseball. Big, good, big, good at basketball. Yep, good at basketball. Big, good at basketball. Um, and, you know, and their football program, which. And gymnastics now, well, I mean, is good, too. Think, again, I don't think we know exactly how good of a program it is because it wins the Big 12 every year. But, and. Like I said, well, the thing is, I think they'll be competitive top two, three in the West most years. I don't think they will. Um, I think. I mean, not initially, but I think with time. I think it will take. I will think it'll take take them some time, and I think it'll depend on if uh, Lincoln Riley decides to stick around. Yeah, I mean, um, this is his first year with his own program. Now, now Oklahoma certainly has the skins on the wall to hire big name coaches. Sure, um, but I mean, the, how many big name coaches are just kind of out there, you know? Yeah. That so, aren't already in the SEC. Yeah, so my know? thing is, so I saw today, uh, it, w- it was reported that uh, Texas and Oklahoma had basically asked themselves to the party, but they'd have done it officially. Yeah. They'd asked to be admitted in 2025, which they have to put that number on it because of the TV rights and all that stuff, right? They're so, going to negotiate so, it down. So they can't put yeah. they can't put 2023 when they said they were going to stick around until 2025 because that would be the quickest lawsuit on the planet. Oh, sure. So, so I think... I still think they, they come in in 2023. I don't think they're in uh, for another two years, so I don't think it gives them any sort of boost in recruiting. Oh, certainly uh, not. Do you want to maybe be around to play in the SEC when we get there, you know, kind of thing? Maybe. Um, and, again, it goes back to I, I look forward to it um, because of where we're at in the conference and the year I think we're going to put together. I, I look forward to them coming in. And uh, I, let's be honest, don't we just get sick of all the the shit talking that you can't, can't do anything about hypotheticals on twitter are the most obnoxious things that we have done easy to come up with too sure i mean honestly give me a topic you talk for 10 seconds and i'd have a hypothetical on something uh, it doesn't take much it, that, that, it, honestly it doesn't take much so it's that's kind of one of those like chip brown like you know my sources say your sources do do they <laughs> no yeah, truth but, no truth to it whatsoever right? yeah, it's not join the sec yeah so it's i i i just i i loved the days when it was shut your mouth yeah. Until next year. Just shut up. Yep. We won this game. Nope. Suck it. And I think that's the beauty of it. Uh, and, and I think that's more so the beauty uh, you know, at the college level than it is the pro level. And I think hopefully that's something that doesn't get lost if we get down the road and it comes to super mega conference or whatever. And, right. Um, you know, you, you lose. Because when conferences get that big, your ability to rotate around a conference and, uh, you know, I mean, are you playing teams outside of those conferences at all? So, Mm. I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I think if you do end up doing non-con, especially if we, you know, sitting here in the 16, I think we're going to lose that, um, you know, that BS FCS game, which I don't think any of us have a, much of a problem with. I'd much rather play mid-majors because that'll help you out with your stamina. I'd much rather play a cupcake so everybody can rest. Well, I'd, well, I'd prefer that. I don't but... have a problem with the cupcake. See, see, it's funny. I saw that on uh, saw something on Twitter today, and I can't remember who it was. Um, one of the you know Texas Twitter accounts that always ends up on my damn feed somehow. Uh, please tell um, us that Umlang. 
I don't think so. Forget but that. Forget it that might have been. <laughs> but it was like this is what schedule would be, you know, if Texas were in uh in the SEC this coming football season. Sure. And I'm just sitting there looking at it. First of all, they had like Chattanooga or something on there mm. for like their late game. I'm just like, oh, so now now you can play cupcakes, so now yeah. it's okay. Now it's okay. So now you get it. But but my other part is it's nice to have that week. Yeah, um, you're not. I, I know it's not exciting. I know it doesn't put a lot of butts in, in seats, but man, all your other games do. Literally, all your other games do. And that's one thing I don't think Texas ever understood. Like, oh, well, look at you playing Division Two. I'm sorry. Can I see your conference schedule again? Because like I mean, you, you have an actual buy in your schedule, and then you're also playing Kansas, which is a buy. Right. I so because remember, it was one true champion, so they played everybody in the league every year. Yeah, I, so they didn't get to rotate out of Vanderbilt. I think one of my favorite things that ever happened with the one true champion is that the very first year that it happened, it was co-champs. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't even quite get that part right. Right. Um, so, I, and I looked at the schedule too, and I and I thought very, I thought very specifically to this year, the rosters that are on each team. And I looked, at it, I said, I mean, with if I go maroon shade glasses, I can see seven losses, and if yeah. I go realistically, I can see five. Yeah. They, again, we talked about it. There, it the growing pains. We were lucky. We have Mike Sherman, offensive lineman, and we had Johnny Manziel, right? And that's what got us through what would have been otherwise miserable growing pains of getting into the SEC well, with I a th- Big Twelve roster. When I think there was a lot of underestimating too. I think that also didn't help matters early on. You saw Florida, you know, end up winning our game, but then we end up going on a tear against a bunch of teams that, frankly, I thought we were going to struggle against. And they were not anticipating what we had in our tank. We went out and took care of business. Um, well, yeah, but, I mean, who sees Johnny Manziel coming? Not, mean, well, not know, anybody. Yeah. No, I mean, it was Jamil Showers before the season started, if you asked anybody. Well, if you asked anybody and some flower planters behind. Was that, was that, wasn't that Jamil? No, no, no. The flower planter, that was Kitty Hill. Oh, no, that was Kenny. That's right. That was, that was Kenny a couple of years that's later. That's right. That was Kenny. Uh, Poor passed Kenny. out. Poor Kenny. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're big South Park fans on the Red Ass Podcast. Um, but so, but yeah, no, I think to your point, I think as we go forward, I mean, there's really not much that we need to really worry about on our end. I just you know? don't think there's there there's. I think the angst should be, can and should be directed. Obviously, not from our administrators, but you can be angry that it was backdoor stuff. Well, like sure. I, I'm, I'm not real happy about it. But um, there's nothing for us to worry about. Nothing you do about. It. I don't think there's anything to worry about. No. Program wise. No. I mean, they're not. They're they're literally not in our league, and they're figuratively not in our league. Well, and, and just to make things, and just to reiterate, I think something that I thought was always funny it was our recruiting pitch of we're the only SEC team in Texas. I'm like that is a great re- recruiting pitch. But it doesn't really mean Run, it runs out of steam after a couple of years if you don't start winning. Right, you got to start winning mm-hmm. now. With Jimbo Fisher, he's come in here and within a few years has already shown, hey, we're moving in the right direction. We're trying to get this thing going, and that's great. This is exactly what we wanted. But you know, I think this year is obviously a critical point. Now knowing what's coming, you go out there and have yourself. We can't. We can't year. afford to take a step back. But no. at the same time, again, like. I don't look at it in terms of Texas and OU. I sure. just look at it in terms of our program's trajectory. Right. We can't afford to take a step back this year. No. Period. No. I don't care if Texas is coming. I don't care if somehow there are a bunch of schools that have been lying to Sankey and they're like, oh, yeah, no, sorry, we were going to vote no. And they don't get it. So, I, like, 
I mean, I would say if we got ourselves at a point where we're eleven and one, ten and two this year, that is maintaining status quo. If, if you're year. living at ten wins, that's the, fine. The championship rotates around at some point, right? Because the ball falls your way, you get that extra recruit, yeah, and you and you pull it off. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we have established ourselves as a top level program in the state as, as the top level program in the state of Texas. Oh, it's not even close uh, within the state close. of Texas. And frankly, the SEC, we would argue top two three programs in terms of one facilities two fan base three and most importantly product on the field and potential a&m is sitting right there on the edge of the knife and everybody knows it that's the best part about it well and and i'm gonna i'm gonna go a step further and and this is i i i I still don't get it every year they kind of remind me of the sips not not as a school or the fans sure but how many times are we going to hear how good Georgia is going to be? Yeah, you know, I, Georgia. I know they all they have reloaded at running back for thirty years. I get that. Part of the problem with Georgia is just unfortunately, at some point, you have to run into the Alabama buzzsaw. Well, it's like everybody desperately wants Kirby Smart to win a championship, and let me—I'll be—I thought that was a great hire. I—I th- I think Kirby Smart's going to do great, but it's just like frankly, they should have in Atlanta. They were there. That was a game they should have won. Alabama didn't steal that game. Georgia blew it. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it was it was Atlanta Falcons again. Yeah. It was just it was you were there. You had that one. Georgia's getting dangerously close to the you need to prove it before I give you any more preseason hype level. Well, yet yet we keep seeing Texas in the top. 15 every year like i said they're very similar oh yeah no yeah, there's there's so much hype and just i don't the, i get it we played a few is, years back we got a hose on some calls but i mean those didn't make her you know right. win or lose a game but I mean, we, that was a couple of years ago when we weren't slated to do what we did all right so it, it's gonna be excellent i think georgia is one of those teams that's just they want them to, to be good so badly and frankly, they should be, but yet yeah, they just they don't would. find a way to get over the hump. They, they should be better than they are. They are. Yeah. They should be a national title contender most years. It's hard to f- argue that, especially with your recruiting bed, and not to mention oh, just history, you history, just and just being Georgia, man. Yeah, um, go dogs. And then <laughs> go dogs, go dogs, Paul. Um, but but like you said, the problem is you have to you have to get past the Alabama buzzsaw, and and maybe. But but they're playing in a weekend East, you yeah. know, and and that rotates. I get it. Ten, every ten to fifteen years, the SEC kind of flip flops to where the East is the powerhouse and the West has like one or two good teams. Right. But right now, the West is the powerhouse and the East has what two good teams? Right. You two. Florida and Georgia. Yeah, That's it. T- Tennessee's not there. Kentucky's not there. No. Vanderbilt. No. Missouri. Absolutely no. not. No. I mean, we're missing somebody. South Carolina. Not Gosh, there. no. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, the East is a little... is It's down. No, is it's down. just down. It's definitely down. And, you know, and so Florida's going to take a step back this year, so it may be just Georgia. Yeah, and, I mean, if you look at all the, you know, SEC you know, chances to win the conference numbers, I mean, Georgia's obviously second behind Alabama because they're going to win the East. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, outside of some kind of... Yeah, some kind of fluke. And then it's just going to come down I to, like really, if Texas A&M... Can get over the Alabama hump. get over the Alabama hump and then not blow it to LSU late. Mm-hmm. That I mean, other than that, the only other trickster game really on the schedule, if everything holds true, is Ole Miss on the road. It's gonna be weird. 
And so, you know, that's Old Miss on the Road has turned into like our tech road games. You know, it's, it's just weird. It's always a weird game. Yeah. Um, and and it doesn't matter if if Old Miss is up or down. It doesn't matter if we're up or down. It's just a weird game. It's a weird game. Yeah, you know, I, I remember that. Going, going to Lubbock all those years. You, just, you had no idea what to expect. I mean. Yeah. You never know what to expect. Yeah. You just never know. But you know what? This is a perfect example of like, we don't have to talk about realignment and just, just sit here and, and, you know, in our little pity parties, like, sure. Think about the season we have coming up. Well, we got a great season coming up boys. Not to mention, I'm sure this is just a massive tangent off some point we were trying to make. I will say, so, <laughs> so as, a, as, as a quick little aside, you know, while we got a minute, I saw something the other day that really made me crack up, and it was a hypothetical, realigned, revamped Southwest Conference. Twelve teams. Oh boy. Okay, and it's. Can I, can I, are we are we guessing, or are you just going to tell me? So I'm. So I mean, you know what? Let's go ahead and have a little bit of a guessing game. And right, so this and this is assuming no conference affiliation right now. No conference affiliation okay. right now. This is just hey, we're going to reset regionally. And we're going to have Southwest Conference. And we're going to make a Southwest Conference. Okay. Who is our Southwest Conference? All right, so obviously us and the Sips. Right. Obviously uh, TCU, SMU, yes. Baylor, yes. Tech, yes. Um, Rice. No. Really? Acad- I mean, like, whatever. Okay. You know, I guess, little Ivy, I guess Southern Ivy League, whatever, let them go. Cougar there. High. Cougar High. Cougar High is in there. Uh, UTSA? No. UTEP? OU, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, LSU. Yes. Huh. Now there's one other team. I feel like I'm. I feel like I. So named so, all the ones in Texas. So so here's the deal. We have hit on all the Texas schools. Hit the Oklahoma Tulsa. No, we had two Oklahoma schools. Oh, okay. One Arkansas school. There's right. another Louisiana school. Tulane. Tulane. That would be the most fun conference if this were 1972. Well, all I'm saying is if you get Tulane in there, what does that mean? So Tulane is the glue that holds holds together the yes. NCAA. Very yes. well. And I want Tulane in there for two reasons. One, kick-ass baseball. You just young. like their logo. I love their logo. Kick-ass. And then secondly, and more importantly, the, the New Orleans road trip every other year would be lit. We'll see. And Let's that's, call it. And that's, where, that's where you're doing it wrong. Like, just go to Baton Rouge only for the game. You spend the rest of the time in New Orleans. Well, that's, that, that's true. Does anybody ever actually stay the entire weekend in Baton Rouge? Or I, I've never once. No. Sounds like an um, awful idea. But, yeah, I mean, but like I said, as like a revamped, like, Southwest Conference, I mean, you take That basically elements. is the Southwest Conference. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you added Louisiana and you threw Oklahoma yeah, they, in the mix. Yeah. So, basically, if you take, take the Oklahoma schools out and the Louisiana schools out, you add Rice – and you take out Arkansas because our no, no yeah. Arkansas was Southwest. Yeah. So I mean, like other got than an that, odd number in there somewhere. I said, but yeah, it's just kind of a revamped. Like, hey, these are all the teams that are relatively relevant right now, and keep them in a regional format. I think that's not a bad way to go about it. I just thought it was kind of an interesting little take. Honestly, like staring at that, now I realize how good we have it being in the SEC. Oh yeah, these are these are your road games, folks. In, in the newly revamped uh, Southwest Conference, you get to get a you get to alternate years going to Fayetteville, Waco, Houston, Baton Rouge, Norman, Stillwater, Stillwater, Dallas, Dallas. <laughs> Don't tell me Fort Worth. I get it. Fort Worth, Austin. Lubbock. 
So the years you rotate to Tulane, you get to get to go to New Orleans. So probably once every four years. Right, and that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be about it. I feel like that's not worth it. Maybe not. That's why I was. I saw that. And I thought if you could stare at this screen that he's got with all these logos on it, it makes me want to barf. Now it, it's weird because like I want to throw up thinking about a conference with those schools, but that also brings me back to, to like when I was a kid. Right. So, but I'm good. I'll, I'm good. We'll stay in the SEC that's for right. now. That's right. I'm totally fine for, with the for SEC. now. Uh, yeah, if something like that wants to kick around. Maybe we'll leave the SEC because that'd be the smartest move. Yeah. No. At that point, you got to really Quit football look. and sports and yeah close the doors at this stage of the game it's just yeah we've we've hit that point in realignment it's just you're on the roller coaster bro we we know what's happening we might as well just go on for the ride and like i said i can't cry about it it's been great there's no point in it no it's and you know what it gets the game back we've already talked about that get the game back oklahoma's gonna be there okay no big deal they're not gonna make big ripples at least not initially They'll be a good team in the West, but I think if we're going with the pods, for the love of all that is holy, do not put us in a pod with Texas, Oklahoma, and Missouri. I'm going to shoot myself if that happens. Like literally the worst case scenario. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like the pod with LSU, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. You put us in that pod with a cross-pod rivalry with Texas, I can live with that. What, Sifts, OU, Missouri, and Arkansas? Yeah. I think that's perfectly acceptable. You get the the Texas-Arkansas rivalry back? Yep. And Oklahoma and Arkansas would be fun. Plus, you get Missouri. Missouri's got some history to it, doesn't it? With OU, yeah. Oklahoma and Missouri's got history. Oh, yeah. I mean... Wait, wait. No, hold on. That can't be right, though. Yeah. Wait. No, because where's... No, yeah. No, I guess that works. No, I mean, here's the deal. So, do you think OU still plays Bedlam? Oh, yeah. Uh, Apparently, that has already been thrown around. That has to happen. I'm totally totally okay with that. And you're not going to lose... Bedlam like you lost the, the Lone Star because literally when the Lone Star went down and we went to the SEC I mean you talk about absolute butt hurt there were there were a lot on, of childish things said and done on both sides on both sides I will admit both sides but Jesus when you hear the initial like words well, out of Austin be well, like we decide when we get to play dude, again that's not how any of this works except it just did because <laughs> here they are they're no. coming into the conference they didn't Merge. make that decision though that was definitely from an sec perspective oh sure i, I do like we said they weren't the only two schools we looked at for I, I love what sankey had to say on the whole deal he said well we weren't actively looking for other members but you know we'll Tran- translation give them the dog a bone it's like two thirty in the morning and you get a text from that person yeah <laughs> you up <laughs> Uh, maybe. Yeah, why? <laughs> hey, uh, was wondering if, uh... You want to watch a movie? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you, you, you got, some, you you got go something for some me? You want to get some pancakes? Yeah, come on, I hear, uh, I hear Waffle House is open this time of night. Of course, we don't have one. Hey, what was... Still. Your, that has got to change. We have to fix what, that. What was your take on, like, initially when the game went away? I mean, honestly, uh... In my head, I was like, man, Texas is being really salty about this for not wanting to play the game because we made it very clear that we wanted to. But I was so excited about the prospect of getting into the SEC and being in a new challenge that really, for me, again, you got to understand, I didn't grow up in say, and we went, We've gone through this before. Like You didn't you didn't grow up I didn't grow up in a and so yeah. You were here, though. I mean, so you were here, but... Yeah, no, okay. no, and like I was there at a really unique time. You and I both, because I was there the last two years of the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. so I got to experience Mike Sherman be good, and then Mike Sherman be bad. 
I got to in go, the same game. In the same game, <laughs> I got to go to Austin and watch us win in a really cold, awful, nasty game in 2010 to end their season. It was awesome you know i got to go to waco i got to go you know which you know really sliding that in there well the the, the reason the only reason i throw that in there is because that was you know was it floyd casey stadium at the time you're right and literally over 50 percent of the fans in the stadium were aggies kyle field north i mean kyle field north toilet bowl on the brazos i mean what they got now yeah old banyo on the brazos that's my favorite my favorite thing about it but, you know, I got to make all those road trips. I made every single one of the Texas road trips. Oh, yeah. You, you kind of got the best of both worlds because you got to go do those and then you got to go to. Yeah. yeah that makes you sense. Know, and I got to turn around and make, you know, the initial SEC moves and go check those out. And I will say it has been a really cool little transition to be able to experience both halves of that. Um, do I think from a fan, from a fandom standpoint, being in the SEC has been a lot of fun? Oh, Yeah. Especially for the oh, likes gosh, of yes. baseball, the yeah, we, all of it really, all of it really. But I mean, just speaking strictly from a baseball standpoint, getting LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State fans, Arkansas fans into our building, it gets heated. Well, it's, I mean, and I love it. I'll tell you, I didn't even see it coming, and, and easily, probably easily top five experiences while I was at school mm-hmm. was us beating Kentucky in basketball. Oh yeah, like no kidding, top five. Oh yeah, across that, the board, it was awesome. It was unbelievable. So it's it's been such a blast. I'll tell you what. My my first thought was, I mean, well, I mean, I've talked about this before. My first thought was like, I'm selfish. I love that game, you know. Of course. Um, but but looking past that, my real thought initially when it just came out wasn't going to happen. I was like, I think rotten hell. Yeah. Seriously. Right. Because it was it was a combination of you're going to be so like so petty that you're going to take away one of the greatest rivalries in college football, and then you're going to you're going to one-up that by being the arrogant prick that says that that rivalry will come back when you decide. Yeah. So it was rotten hell. Absolutely. Sure. I hope the Big 12 falls apart. I hope your program completely crumbles. Everything. Like, just wishing the worst on them. And, uh, I mean, I, I love that the game's coming back. I do. Um, and, and it's a conference game, so it's going to mean something every year. Right. It's conference not, games it's matter. It's not just going to be... Is one off? Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be like had we brought it back, similar to like Georgia and Georgia Tech or Clemson, South Carolina, or any of those, because those games are strictly, and I mean strictly, just pound chest. Haha, we got you this year. But it's brutal because on the field, those kids want to beat the snot out of each other. Oh, for sure. So and, well, of it can course. be do more harm than good, even if you win. Right. Whereas if you, those games are in conference, they just have that much more meaning. Auburn literally can end Alabama's season at the end of the year. Texas could ruin our season at the end of the year, yeah. or vice versa. It's so damn important to play that last game against somebody that's worthwhile because you're going to fight for it. When it matters and it's in conference. Yes. You know, it's funny because I, I think the narrative always been, I don't think either school wanted a, just a home and home. They wanted it to mean something. And so really what we were hoping is, and not a bowl game, not an Alamo bowl game. Absolutely it was a, It not. was like a playoff game or right. a New Year's Six Bowl. And I think – I think both schools were, hey, man, if, if the stakes are that big, let's do it. Because, first of all, from a school perspective, all they see, it's like Bugs Bunny. He's got, like, the dollar bill eyeballs, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. Or, like, Scrooge McDuck is probably a better way to put oh, it. Oh, no doubt about that. But 
But but and I think we all like that, you know. Hey, New Year's Six or playoffs, dude. Let's go. Let's roll. Let's make sure we put these teams together. Right. I just I didn't realize that Texas was going to realize that they're so bad at effing football that they were going to have to join the SEC to play us again. Well, and because can't yeah. make the playoffs, can't make a New Year's Six. No, and frankly, man, it's just Texas is in a weird spot as program right now, and everybody knows it. I mean, you've had like I said, four coaches in the last ten years. You're at a point now. Where recruits, yeah, sure, you're still picking them up, but I mean they're decommitting just as fast as they are committing, and mm, it must and, be Aggie decommit season. Uh, That's why they're losing all their recruits. Right. So here we are sitting, you know, and listening to these people talk about, oh well, Texas is, you know, and Austin's a great college town. First off, Austin, Austin isn't is a college not town. a college town. And secondly, if Austin you, isn't as cool as it was 20 years ago. No, if you go walking around. In fact, it's around, not even the same city. No, you go walking around Austin right now, and I'm a little concerned. A lot a lot concerned that this Austin, is kind of the future of the state. Austin is not the draw to that program that it was 20, 30 years ago. No. And even then, you know, I think this part, because I love, I love how the narrative was always, really, you ever been to Tuscaloosa? It's a shithole. Well, those kids aren't going to Alabama to play Tuscaloosa. They're going to play football for no, Alabama. Exactly. So I, I always thought that... It, and and the, it might hurt your brain a little bit, but guess what? The smaller town where a bunch of people know you and love you... That's all, that's all it, I know. It's, all it's I a have. big deal. Well, and yeah, well, that's a huge deal. And then... Why do you think Johnny got so big in his head? Right. I mean, you got 250,000 people Can in the greater Bryan College Station area that are just all praising you as a god. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and you know, you look back at... at you know, really this last decade or so sure. and even the end of the Mac Brown era mm. and what was the biggest thing we always heard coming out of that program was entitlement you know this program is soft right yeah and when you have enough people saying it over enough years chances are they're not incorrect mm. and you know it makes you think if you're recruiting to a city and not a program I mean yeah. are you recruiting football players that want to party or partiers that want to fo- play football it's almost like honestly I'll tell you what Texas. It's a is. detriment. Do you, I mean, you know what Texas is becoming very quickly. Hopefully, Texas, irrelevant. They're becoming another like University of Miami, because all of a sudden you have the city and you're trying to the pitch. This, too big. You're trying to pitch the city for a school. Now, yes, Texas is a big school, and no doubt, if we're talking straight strictly on academically, Texas is a wonderful, incredibly awesome school. And if you go there for academics, and for a long great. time, Austin was a really, really cool town. Right. But there comes a point where the percentage of your cell mm-hmm. is the city around the school and yeah. not the school and not the program. Right. And that ties directly into your Miami comparison. It's true. Sure. I mean, who wouldn't want to, right? Like right. San Diego State? San Diego State. I, U- I mean, USC. UCLA. Why wouldn't you want to come live, come live in Southern California? Because I want to get drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL. Next also question, that. please. Right. Well, and like I said, USC as a football program is not what it was. They've been struggling to get back. You know? UCLA hasn't made it back. No, I'm not sure if they were really ever like there, there. But like I said, they, they were not. they were a prominent name, and part of it was just the coolness of being in LA. But oh yeah, but I mean, they better figure out how to sell football, and they better well, and they better figure out how to play football, or they're going to be in a for a rude awakening that I will love every minute of. Mm-hmm. Well, let's face it, the South is the king of football right now. the The Southern United States. In particular, the Southeast. It really always has been. Outside right. an off year of here or there, when you talk about high school recruits coming out of either Ohio, Pennsylvania, or California, right. the top states for recruiting this talent, you know, Florida, Georgia, Texas. All right, that's just, right. that's how it goes. You can just literally look up the numbers. Oh, yeah. So, you know, this is the hotbed of football. Yeah. All right. 
Um, you know, it, I mean, it's a religion in this state. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about towns still to this day in 2021. We'll close up shop. Friday night to, lights, baby. To get on the road to watch their 2A high school, you know, play football. Yeah. So. It matters. It, it absolutely matters. It's, it's a part of our, our culture, and that runs all the way to the coast. You know, Georgia, Florida, all of it. Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, all the states in between. Um, so, I think for now, I'm, just, I'm, I'm really excited for the season. Yes. And honestly, I kind of can't wait for the Sips to get here. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that if they're going to do it, they might as well just get on the horse and come on in in 22. If, if they had hired Urban Meyer, I would be a little uh, less... Um, I'd be excited. ...anxious for them to show up. Yeah. Well, but it's still exciting, you know? Well, it's exciting, but, yeah. but, but I want them, with all the trash that they're talking, with the current state of their program... Yeah. Please come talk to me. Well, they have Sarkeesian, and you know, you have Sark- seven wins Sark. And the thing is, you got Sark in here, and I don't know if he's going to come in here and just be a dominant force. I don't know. And I, no, there's absolutely no way. What I do think is he can provide a level of consistent winning that they could be happy with had they stayed in the Big Twelve. Well, and the the trouble is, all of a sudden you fall into the same problem that everybody else has fallen into in the SEC, which is you went and hired a Saban assistant. Yeah. And and the problem is saving the season with one loss. And the thing is, yeah, you automatically start your season with one loss. And the thing is, even this year, really, it feels like the best possible chance outside of Kirby Smart in the national title game. Uh, this is honestly the best chance for one to do it, and that's Jimbo. That's us at Kyle Field at night. In all likelihood, it lines up. Man, if that's the two thirty game, it, it won't be. I mean, literally, if we are both undefeated, we will get the night slot. Because Georgia-Auburn's going to be – Auburn's not going to be that good this year. They're just not going to I'm be. just sitting here physically writhing, just thinking about getting that 230 slot. It's going to be a 6 o'clock slot. Just, just win. I mean, we go out there, we take care of business against Arkansas, then they will announce it for the two-week after that, after you know, we'll have Mississippi State at home. Bring on the pirate. Honestly, I don't care. I ship. literally don't care about the rest of the schedule and where we play it. Having Alabama at home this year is all I needed to hear. At night. I I want it so bad. Bro, if we had to play at eleven o'clock in the morning, I'd be okay with that. Having them at home this year is right. the most important thing to me, other than any other school where we play them. Honestly. Right. Sure. Because i we've all kind of been pointing and everything's been funneling towards this. So all right, we gotta stop or we're gonna Get way too fired up, and we haven't hit August yet. So, yeah, so we're, we're so it's a bunch of exciting stuff. And we're pretty pumped up about it. Yeah. So, um, like you said, you're going to San Antonio to play. Yep. And then Gainesville Friday and Austin <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, we're playing Antones on Fifth Street, which is uh, the blues capital of Austin. Uh, and we're playing Red Dirt Texas Country at a blues bar. We'll see how that goes. Right on. Watch your step. Oh, everywhere. God, God bless. Yeah. I got some good friends that are coming yeah. in. So, you know, like I said, if you're in the Austin area and you're we're, one of those people that feels the need to venture downtown, come say hi. Wear your mucking boots. Please. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, so we'll get back on this next week again. Um, hopefully nothing crazy happens between now and next week. But if yeah. it does, it makes it easier to talk. Right. In the meantime, you got anything you want, to, want us to address or talk about? You know, definitely give us a holler, guys. Uh, you know, we want you guys to be involved in the podcast. And, you know, we want to talk about what you guys want to hear. So, you know, whether it's, hey, we want less Rob, more Roy, nothing but Roy. Please, please, for the love of God, give us more Roy. We can do that. All of those sound like terrible ideas. Yeah. You know, but I think at this point <laughs> in time, by all means, you know, ask us some questions. If you've got some questions about, you know, musical stuff. If you want to have Rob do a show where one week he just brings on a guest or two and just talks music with them, we're all set up. That's okay. good. 
Uh, like I said, we can and we can set it up where we can run three. I mean, you know, we're not stuck doing two. We've already yeah. we, we've already shown y'all. Yeah, you know, one of our favorite things to do is bring in some fun guests and mm-hmm. and you know uh, we and as we said before, we do have some pretty exciting stuff coming up before the season. Uh, we're gonna kind of hold off on officially. Yeah, giving anything yeah, on that. Yeah, we're gonna hold off on it. Um, uh, I, there might, it might it might trickle into the season to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, it looks like we may be able to do that without uh, without it being a problem. Oh, good. So, um, so it's not if we don't get it done by you know exciting September first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, I mean, honestly, just working on some some really fun guests. I think y'all will enjoy. Um, yeah, it should and, be a good uh, time. Yeah, I mean that's all I got, man. Yeah. I, I, it's a beautiful day outside on the way over. For oh, some yeah. reason, I was like. Seems like a beautiful day to crack a nice cold beer on the back porch. I'm gonna go do that. That sounds like a hell of a plan. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, I'm probably gonna. I don't know. You I'm should a... think about that cold beer back porch thing. It yeah. works. Trust me. Right. And it works on your porch too, not just mine. It works I, on everybody's. I don't porches. know. I, I think his porch sounds more fun. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, um, a good place <laughs> so, uh, anyway, guys. Uh, once again, make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter. Uh, go follow Roy May fifteen on Twitter. Rob the Slapper on Twitter, and of course us at the Red Ass Podcast. And if, you, and if you have questions, please, please, please send them in. We're more than happy to answer anything you got. Um, once again, we lean off the politics, but we will answer virtually anything else. So uh, feel free to holler. I'm Rob. That's Roy. We are the Red Ass Podcast. And we are 17 days away from the start of Premier League. You'll never walk alone. Come on, you are. Yeah.